Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our discussion of a topic we picked up last time when we were talking about anxiety, and we talked a little bit about depression, but I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. So how does this connect with the discipleship group, with making disciples, with being a disciple? Um, because we can talk about any topic if we want to, and then we can just hitch its wagon to discipleship. Right. But I do think there are some good <laughs> points to this that really tie in. And hopefully this is not too depressing that you don't want to talk about That's depression. The other thing. That's know? the other thing. <laughs> Whenever to... I see topics like this, I feel like people who need the help immediately go, I'm, I'm not listening to that. Yeah, yeah. Or I don't need that. Yeah, the that would be who, my thought. Yeah, people who don't need it are listening. I probably need it more than anyone else, but my first thought is I probably don't need this. How do you help someone who doesn't think they need the help? You probably need it, though. I definitely need it. I need all <laughs> the help admit, I can get. At least you're admitting it. That's I a, need all the well, help the I can get. Well, the first step to recovery is admit, admitting you have a problem. That's right. And I've got a lot of problems. <laughs> the question great. is, is there a solution? Okay. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Any of these problems. Yeah, we're gonna, so last week we talked about uh, anxiety and yes. how it's prevalent in the church and how people don't talk about it, and I've struggled with it personally. But today we're going to give you some biblical responses to dealing with depression yes. and anxiety. Uh, and let me just say uh, right out the gate, some anxiety and depression has to be dealt with medically because yes. it's a chemical imbalance. Okay, right. That so, was one of the caveats that we definitely brought up last time. Let's reiterate it in case someone hasn't heard that podcast, yeah. that obviously we believe the Lord can heal anything. And prayer is our first step, not our last step. And prayer throughout and consistently praying. Um, and God can heal. We absolutely believe that. But we also believe that there are issues that we know that there is medical help for. And we would say, seek that out. Yeah. You know, if, if the opportunity is there, it's just like you said before. If you had uh, a tumor that you need to have removed, you would not say, okay, Lord, remove it. And if not, I'm going to keep it. Yeah. You know, you would go see a doctor. Obviously, you'd pray, but then you go see a doctor have it removed. Yeah. And, and the same thing here. Even though you are on medicine, or even though you've been treated by a doctor, it doesn't mean you're going to be normal again. It doesn't mean you're going to have no feelings again. It doesn't mean you're never going to get anxious because right. I, I've been on medicine for, since 2012, yeah. and I still deal with anxiety and being overwhelmed and stress. And Does feeling. it make you anxious to be on the podcast? No, this is not what some. I, I don't normally get anxious here, but I will tell you what, what makes me most anxious. What's that? Take a guess. Being Where in I'm, large crowds. Being in large crowds, which is kind of ironic and funny that uh, the Lord would have me... <laughs> As a pastor, that to is preach always every. a challenge. When I was in high, in school, I would skip school the day I had to give a speech or stand up and say anything. Okay. I did not want to be in front of anyone talking at all. So just as with you, the Lord's like, you know what? I'm going to make you talk to large crowds yeah. of people a lot. But you're not anxious now. I'm not anxious now. Okay. Well, maybe I am. I don't know. You could have anxiety. And you don't Again, know. It. I don't know. I need to talk to someone about this. Okay. Yeah. We out. need to get you. Can we get him counseling, Dylan, after the program? Yeah. We need to get him. Some, give me okay. some help. Please. Okay. So here's the thing. We uh, we're going to talk about Jesus's response to worry and anxiety. Okay. Yes. In the Sermon on the Mount, smack dab in the middle, Jesus addresses anxiety and worry, and he begins with an with an interesting concept. Of all the ideas Jesus could have used, mm -hmm. he uses the idea or the concept of money. Okay, okay, think about this. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Now I'm getting anxious, by the way. So you said money. Money. You see, you already, and everybody listening is getting anxious. Your blood pressure's rising. No one can serve two masters. Right. He will either hate one and love the other. He'll be devoted to one or despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. That's yeah. what he says. Now, 
What's interesting is embedded within that line, and we've heard this before, but embedded within that line of Jesus, he gives us an interesting concept. And here's what Jesus says. Where your devotion is, your emotion will follow. Or let me say it another way. Whatever you're devoted to will lead your emotions. Okay, And Jesus uses, obviously, money. And he says those who are devoted to money are going to be emotionally charged by money. And most of us are charged by money. And so you got to think, whatever you're all in for. So here's something that may surprise you, Chris. I know it's going to catch you off guard. It's pretty easy to do that, by the way. Okay, yeah, it is. But, but this one will catch you off guard. I never worry about whether the Dallas Cowboys are going to win or lose a game. What? No, I know that's that surprising. That should be the first concern of your day when you wake up. No, I know. I know. You should have time with the Lord, okay. followed by checking on the Cowboys okay. and seeing who is questionable for Sunday. What's game. funny about you is you worry about the Cowboys winning. Well, you don't really worry because you believe every year. I, I was going to say, it's not a worry for me. I honestly believe every year we're going to Every year. I've known you Even now. Even this year. I've known you now for We have not had years. a great year. We're going. This year, Four years, I hear this in the office That's every right. day. That's right. The Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I believe. And let's, for the record, just say, Dylan, fact check. When was the last time the Cowboys have won a Super Bowl? You don't have to fact check. Okay, well, let's... 1996. Oh, it's the 95 gosh. season. Okay. Uh, need and I they say They haven't more. even been close since then. Need I say haven't more. haven't even been close since then. But here's the thing. I don't worry about the Cowboys. Why? Yes. Because you're not a fan. Because I'm not invested. Yeah, I'm not a fan. That's right. I'm not a fan. Now, I like the Cowboys. Yes. You and I have a gentleman's agreement. That's right. That when the Cowboys are not playing the Saints, we, can root we pull for right. each other and we, right. and we do that. But I don't really worry because I'm not invested. Another thing is I don't – I mean, this is going to surprise you, but I don't worry about your kids' grades at school. Really? I don't. That seems kind of selfish. No, I, no. <laughs> am I concerned about them? Yes, I'm concerned. But, I have compassion. I want right, them to do right. well because okay. I, okay. I love you. I love you, kids. Better. That sounds better. I love you, kids. But, but notice it's it's a nuance. But listen to it. I don't worry. Why? Because they're not my kids, and I'm not right. invested. So here's what you have to remember: whatever you're invested in, mm -hmm. whatever you're devoted to, you're going to worry and be concerned about. Yeah. Now Jesus gives us an amazing insight. He says, if you're devoted to temporal things, mm -hmm. money. But that word mammon doesn't just mean money and bank accounts. What does mammon mean? Yeah, mammon is the Greek word that means possessions That's good. or property okay. or stuff. I like my stuff. You like your I stuff? I don't want people messing with my stuff. Okay, but think about this. If your devotion is tied to temporal stuff, then you'll be emotionally charged when you lose it, mm. which is why Jesus says, don't store up your treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Mm. Store up your treasure in heaven where neither moth and rust destroy nor thieves yeah. break in and steal. Okay, and the reason Jesus was saying that is because you won't be emotionally uh, let down by that. And then the next thing Jesus says is this, therefore, verse 25, do not worry. Do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. Right. Now, that's easy for us to say, I don't worry about what I eat. I don't worry about what I drink. Let me bring it close to home. Do you worry about your health? Yes, not as much as I should, but sure. Okay. Do you worry about your kids? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you worry about your kids' grades? Do you worry about your promotion at work? Do you worry about 
your finance. Worry is a pretty strong word. I think about it. Okay. Well, I'm Maybe not asking. I'm not Maybe asking you directly. I'm asking those listening, <laughs> or you are. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there are people listening. I promise who are saying, "Absolutely, that's me." Yes. I worry about my health. I worry All about my finance. I worry about my. I was gonna say, should I worry? I mean, you, you know. probably should worry. <laughs> about my, my promotion. <laughs> Maybe you figured it out. And we all are wrong out are here because we're worried about something it. right now. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. The thing is, we 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 worry. I worry. Yes. We all worry about the finances, about politics, about the direction of our country, about the state of our churches, about the lostness in our community. We worry about those things, and it's normal to have concerns about. But Jesus says, don't worry about temporal things. Why? Because tomorrow has enough to worry about itself. He Mm. says, you focus on today. Now, here's the thing. Most worry has to do with fear. Yeah. Fear, write this, well, if you're driving, don't do it, but if you're listening at home, write this. If you're driving, please do not write this down. Yeah, just listen. Fear is an acronym, okay? We have an acronym. An acronym is false, F, evidence, E, appearing, real. That's an acronym. As opposed to an acrostic, which, by the way, is not. Yeah, as one person on our team always says. Let me give you an acrostic, and then they give you the. the An acronym. False. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) fear is false evidence evidence appearing real. Let's be honest. Most of what we worry about never happens. Right. There was a study done recently um, where they found out that 92% of what people worry about Mm. never actually happens. 30% 30% is in the past, 40% is about petty things, uh, other you know, health things that never turn out. 92% of what people worry about never happens. So you're saying it's a 92% chance that the Cowboys will not make it to the Super Bowl. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Because I see that as an 8% chance that they will. I would actually say there's probably a 99% chance. I'm going to go on, I'm on a limb here, but there's probably a 99% chance Cowboys are not going to make it this year hey, in the Super Bowl. That's a 1% chance. That's, that's all it. I need. So you're saying that's there's the a light, chance? That's a, <laughs> there's a chance. Well, let's continue to walk down uh, Jesus' response right after this brief break from our sponsor. Our sponsor today is DiscipleShirts.com. DiscipleShirts.com, where you can find shirts with discipleship messages. Yes. They will help you as a disciple share the gospel. Some some of these shirts you wear them and someone's going to say, what is that on your shirt? And you can yeah. say, hey, let me talk to you about it. And talk about being a disciple. So what we want you to do is check out the shirts, see what you think, wear one, maybe have the opportunity to share the gospel with someone else. And start a movement. Buy, start a movement. buy shirts, make disciples. Make disciples. That's it. At <laughs> discipleshirts.com. And we're back talking about Jesus and his response or his words on um, this issue of worry and concern and anxiety. And so you're walking through this breakdown in the Sermon on the Mount on how we deal with some of these issues. And I rudely interrupted you with a break. But now we're back. So conclude this portion of the podcast by talking about what Jesus was going as far as our possessions, worrying about mammon, yeah. stuff. Which I worry about all the time. Yeah. Okay, here's how he finishes this entire section. Chapter 6 ends with the life verse of many people. 6.33 says what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I like that. That was good. That's good. That was off now, the what cuff. what version there. is that? Though? I don't know. I think, we, I think you made that, that maybe one. Maybe New King James. Yeah, that was the Mad Libs version. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you seek first the kingdom of God. So right. what Jesus says is your perspective determines your direction. Right. The direction you go. And what we focus on the most, we become. And what and what we think about often, it, it kind of translates to our life. So Jesus would say, don't worry about these temporal things. Don't mm-hmm. be concerned about uh, foolish things. Don't be concerned about things that are tomorrow that may not yeah. happen. Focus on the kingdom today. 
yeah. and give your life over to seeking first the kingdom, and God's going to take care of the rest. Now, let me give you a, a, an example in the Old Testament of someone who was burdened with depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. just overwhelmed. And, and you probably wonder, we ask this, what does it have to do with discipleship? Well, it has everything to do with discipleship. Why? Because most of the people in our discipleship groups mm-hmm. have struggled with anxiety or depression or worry at some or time. Or are in struggling own. with it right now. Presently. I would say most people are struggling right now. If they're Presently honest. struggling yeah. right now. And they normally won't admit it unless mm-hmm. you really draw it out of them. Yeah. Or I found, or if you don't share your own personal struggle yourself. Mm-hmm. Because discipleship groups, uh, discipleship participants look at the leader, and the tone of the group is set by the transparency of the leader. Hmm. So if the leader acts acts like he has it all figured out, or she's always perfect and proper and prim and everything's good, then the group's never going to open up. Right. And one of the things that I've seen in discipleship groups is you can play that game for a while as a leader, probably two, three months even. But after a while, if you're hanging out and you're connecting long enough, they're going to see through it. <laughs> they're going right. to get to know the real you. Yeah, yeah. So it's better to be just open. Now, I'm not saying you go your first week and bare your soul and say, you know, I'm no good, I'm arrogant, I'm pride. People may not struck. come back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But over time. Okay, so let's take an Old Testament case study. Okay. Elijah. Elisha or Elijah? No, Elijah. Okay. okay. There is Elisha. Right. But, there, but we're talking about Elijah. Before Elisha. There was Elijah. And the way I remember it is the J comes before the S. That's Elijah, good. Elisha. Okay, that's, that's how you remember it. Okay, remember so yeah. Elijah was the former, was the forerunner to Elisha. Yes. Okay. Elijah was the man of God, mm-hmm. the prophet of God, used mightily by God. We know the big encounter where Elijah's on Mount Carmel. Yes. He calls down fire from heaven. Awesome. Flaming fireballs well, descend into the atmosphere, consume the up. fire. Yes. Kills all the false prophets. And he's victorious. He literally experiences a mountaintop yes. experience. Literally. And then from that revival, he just went up and to the right. No. Actually, he went down from the mountain and to the left, actually. Uh, so <laughs> he comes down the mountain, okay? Yes. And you would think, man, he's invincible. I just right. saw God move. I prayed and God responded. Yes. The next chapter in chapter 19, we have two hallmarks, two landmarks in Elijah's life. Mm. In chapter 18, he is on the mountaintop of victory. In chapter 19, he's on the run from Jezebel in the Valley of Despair. Hmm. <laughs> in 18, he's experiencing great success. Yeah. In 19, he's experiencing great despair. He wants to kill himself. He has resorted to living in a cave. He's left yeah. his servant alone. He's withdrawing from the community. It's crazy. He, yeah, he's under a broom tree. He just saw what God could do. Yes. And now it's, a, it's like, oh, now I'm fearing for my life. I'm out of here. Yeah, now it's easy to throw stones at him and say, why, why are you acting this way? Why are you doing this? Yeah. But we do that all the time. Mm-hmm. How many times do you, do you and I come off of a mountaintop, God-moved, power-driven experience mm-hmm. in a church service or see God do something in our life, yeah. and we our faith is increased, and the very next day we're doubting the goodness of God <laughs> and the loving kindness of God. It's called a Monday for most people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? For most pastors, it's like it's Monday. Right. But but think about it. It happens to us. So Elijah shows us four things about what can lead to depression because this man is in depression. Go back and study at 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. The first thing we see is that four factors led up to his depression. Mm-hmm. Number one is fear. Elijah says in verse 3, I am afraid. So he can attack hundreds of false prophets and win, but it takes one cantankerous, overbearing woman. Easy. Turn I, oh, I'm just, I'm just preaching. I know it's biblical, but the way you say it. Just oh, well, 
she's a pretty mean woman. That's I get true, that, but true, it's true. one woman, okay? That's it's true. one woman causes the man of God to be on that's the run right. from hundreds of prophets, that's okay? True. So he's on the run, he's afraid. But let's be honest, we can be fearful at times, mm -hmm. fearful of losing our job, fearful of not being successful, fearful of losing people, fearful of declining in our churches, mm -hmm. fearful of our groups not working, fearful of our marriages falling apart, our kids not succeeding, not going to the college of choice. There's a yeah. lot of things to be, the, 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 the financial crisis, uh, crises in the world. That's the first thing. The second thing we see in his life is it's, there's an instance of futility. Mm. So fear is one, futility is number two. What do I mean? He basically wants to die. Yeah. He says that. He's he says, Lord, I want to die. Just, just get rid of me right now. Hmm. This is the man of God just moments earlier being used by God, and now he wants to end his life. Yeah. And so he's at the end of the rope. Okay, he's, mm -hmm. he's done. The third thing is we see he's fatigued. Mm -hmm. Verse 5, what does he say? He says, uh, I I'm worn out, and he takes a nap. I said this uh, when I was preaching this message recently. I said to the church, and I'm going to say this to you, one of the most spiritual things some of you can do today I know, this is, I know this is deep, so brace yourself. One of the most spiritual things you can do today is to go home and take a nap for the glory of I'm God. I'm that. I can amen that Do all you day take long. naps? I take naps at least once a week. Okay, and we don't call them naps in the church. We glamorize them. Shepherd's rest. We call them shepherd's rest. I, don't, I didn't know shepherds have to rest, but apparently there's a midday shepherd. It's just a very nice biblical way to say nap. A nap, a nap glorified a nap. nap, yeah. Okay, so, but, but let's be honest. The body, our bodies are major prophets in our life, not minor prophets. And what right. I mean is the body actually will tell you something big is coming. That's what mm -hmm. the body does. What I mean major prophet, it is prophesying, is prophetically saying, if you don't fix this problem now, mm -hmm. the fatigue you have, the, the, the gaining or losing of weight, the feelings of, of tiredness, that's a minor issue that is predicting a major problem. Mm -hmm. And so some of you just need to take a nap. And then the fourth thing is foolishness. He starts to think he's the only man of God in the country. You know, yeah. like God, everybody else is gone but me. There's nobody left. Guys like Elijah, be quiet. I've got 7,000 other people in town that I can call in a moment's notice. I just happen to choose you because of my sovereignty. Hmm. And what happens is when we get fearful and when we're futile in our thinking or when there's futility and then when there is fatigue, we start to act foolish. Hmm. We start to be irrational. Yes. And here's the thing. I find in ministry what happens to us, Chris, is that we get here when we look at the ministry as being the, the way we're identified as mm -hmm. who we are. So we find our identity, mm -hmm. watch this, and what we do for God wow. and not who we are in God. And Elijah on the mountaintop, he's the man of God. Everything's going great. But the moment he's not seeing God work, the moment he's on uh, in the valley, he forgets who God is. Wow. He moves away, and he doesn't even want to live anymore. And it shows us that his identity was in what he did. And the problem for us, and I, and I just want us to think about this, the way we get there mm -hmm. is when we use the Bible as a tool and not a treasure. Hmm. See, the Bible, and I've learned this, I saw this in seminary a lot, a lot of seminary students would not go to church on Sunday morning. I drive past the seminary. I look into the parking lot. The cars of the students were all filled. All, the parking lot was filled with cars on Sunday morning. And I asked my friend David Platt uh, the next week, and I said, David, why are students' cars there? And here's what he said. Sadly, students will stay home on Sunday because they'll justify it and say, we read the Bible through the week for a test. 
We study the Bible for a paper. We memorize the Bible for a class. Wow. This is the irony of making the ministry an idol. That's, That's right. Crazy. That's right. That's crazy. And so here's what happens. In that scenario, and if you're listening and you're there, listen to me. In that scenario, that is a recipe for disaster. Here's why. What will happen is the ministry will become a seductive mistress. Hmm. What, what I mean. It's, you'll find satisfaction in the ministry of Jesus, and you'll neglect your love for Jesus. So I'll say it this way. Don't fall in love with the ministry of Jesus, what the ministry can do for you. And at the same time, fall out of love with the Jesus of your ministry, hmm. who Jesus is in you. Wow. It's a big difference. Yeah. And it's hard for us because we're validated by what we do. But don't let what we do identify yeah. us as a Christian. Well, even as discipleship group leaders listening and thinking I'm leading a group, and by leading this group, that is my work that I'm finding satisfaction in. Yeah. It's a constant reminder that we've got to rely on Christ in our life, in our heart. That's first. And then the group is an outflow of that. Yeah. Uh, and and I would say if you're listening uh, now and you're saying, hey, that's me. You've struck a nerve with me. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm having feelings that I'm going to pass out. I have feelings that I've got tightness in my chest. Uh, I have feelings that I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I have feelings I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go yeah. on. Every day is monotonous. I would say you probably need to go get help. It's yeah. okay to go to a doctor. You're not a lesser than pastor or mm-hmm. Christian if you go to the doctor, you're not a weaker brother or sister if you get on medication. You, you need to be open to that. And I would just encourage you, if you haven't heard my message on mm-hmm. these topics, I have two messages back-to-back. It's in our series called Real Life. Mm-hmm. Go on longhollow.com right. uh, and, and just search the website and find yeah. the sermons on There's anxiety sermons link, right? and depression. Uh, and I just want to encourage you to be open to that. Back-to-back information that will help. Not, not just every church leader, but anyone, any Christian, any believer who's pursuing Christ and struggling with the issues that we all struggle with. Yeah. So this has been a great uh, podcast, once again, talking about anxiety, depression, and very helpful for those. I think it's helpful for me as I, again, reflect on these things and how they impact me and us in our ministry here. So thank you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, as always, please go and rate us on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.